listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are back with our friend, Dr. Mark Croston. Mark's the National Director of Black Church Ministries at Lifeway. And we, uh, if you are, are, this is the first episode you've heard with Mark, you need to pause and go back in the archives and listen to part one of this conversation. We are talking Ready, Reset, Go with Mark, and we've already covered Ready and Reset in another episode. So if you're just joining us now, it's okay to press pause, go back, find that other episode and listen to that first, because that lays the framework for what we're talking about right now with this episode that we are calling Go. And so with that, let's dive into our conversation. Mark, last time we were together, we we learned about your ties to Philadelphia and all those great things that are Philly that you know and love. I'd like, if you don't mind, to hear a little bit about your personal faith journey. How as When did you come to the Lord? And uh, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. My dad was a pastor uh, in Philadelphia. He pastored a small church uh, on the weekends and uh, worked a regular job during the weekdays. My mom uh, was the church musician. And so uh, I grew up in a place where I've heard about Jesus all my life, but I made my own faith decision for Jesus around age five, which some people say is kind of early, but uh, but I made a clear faith decision in my mind around age five. And I remember the timing because it was shortly after that, that my father died of a heart attack. And, and I can remember sitting at my dad's funeral and uh, they had uh, like a, what do they call it? Uh, viewings that would happen at the end of the funeral right. during those days. And, uh, yeah. and I can remember the usher coming to uh, the row. I was sitting next to my oldest sister and uh, asking if we wanted to go up and view my dad's remains. And I can remember as a mm. five-year-old child sitting there uh, and thinking about uh, John chapter 11, and, and, you know, I'm the resurrection and the life. He, he who believes in me uh, shall never die. And whoever lives and believes in uh, what you, uh, I'm saying it wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the resurrection yeah. and the life. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And uh, and yes. so I remember hearing uh, hearing and remembering that text and and saying in my heart, my dad is not there in that casket, my dad is in That's heaven right. with my God and telling the usher, no, I don't need to go up and see the remains because I'm, I was sure I was going to see my father again in heaven. And so even as a child, I can remember having those clear, distinct um, uh, ideas and mm. thoughts in myself. Nobody was talking to me at that moment. I had them in myself already planted with that seed of the gospel in my heart. Oh, and at such a young age to be able to be that aware of the spiritual reality of your father's life in heaven. Whew, boy, that's big, Mark. Wow. When, when did you feel that calling to ministry? Did you always know that you would go into ministry or is that something that came to you a little bit later? Well, uh, let me say that uh, we all continue to grow. So uh, mm. let me say, let me give one step before that. And I can remember yeah, going yeah. to camp during the summer times and I would love that. And on Friday nights, you know, they would have a big campfire. People would give testimonies. There would be a big yeah. invitation time. And I can remember on several of those subsequent summers, 
going up to give my heart and life to Jesus Christ over and mm. over again, every, every year, every year, until one year, uh, I, I'm ready to get up. Uh, I'm ready to go down, fo- go forward again. And the Holy Spirit reminded me that I'd already done that and, and that this was yes. no longer necessary. And so, uh, so I would just say my, my salvation firmed up in another way, you know, by the time I was like 11 or 12. And I think one of the things that is helpful for us to remember is that people don't think and the same at different age levels, right? Mm-hmm. So as an adult, I think about things and my mind connects things one way. As a teenager, another. As a preteen, another. As a little child, five years old, a totally another way. And so sometimes yes. people have questioned whether or not they've had real experiences as a child because their minds are pre- thinking about and perceiving all of this stuff a new way. And so sometimes yeah. it's helpful for us to kind of make those connections to see that we really can have authentic faith experiences as kids. But it was not until I was a junior in college, uh, getting ready to be a computer engineer. That's what I wanted to be huh. uh, when God uh-huh. called me to uh, to give up my, my lifelong dream uh, to become a minister of the gospel. <laughs> Uh, so at that time, as a, as that junior in college, what did that look like for you uh, to to uh, feel that sense that calling to ministry? Oh well, you know, I I told the Lord, I said if uh, so, since uh, we have been working on this uh, engineering program for a long time, I wanted to be an engineer since uh, I was in eighth grade, and now I'm almost uh, ready to graduate. I said, uh, I told him, I said, look, I said uh, I I will just uh, continue in this engineering track. And I'll be the best uh, lay person working in the church you could ever find. And then maybe around 50 or so, I'll retire early and uh, <laughs> and then really give my heart and life and everything to you. Uh, but uh, God reminded me. He had another idea. Yes, God, he had a different idea. He huh? reminded me that he did not call me for the end of my life. He called me for mm. all of my life, and uh, Amen. and I worked for the IBM Corporation for a few years, and uh, and then left my dream job, moved across the country to go to seminary, and the rest is history. And the rest is history. Wow, and um, I can't imagine the impact that that your life has had on all of those people that you have influenced and ministered to as a pastor, but also as a leader uh, in the role you have now where you are leading leaders. And so how, what a beautiful picture to see how God took you from that young boy uh, to who you are today. And so Mark, man, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for everything that you do at Lifeway and the way that you serve the church. And it is uh, as, as someone who is uh, something of a, of a peer to yours across the organization, it's so nice to see you and and, uh, and and enjoy the ministry that you have, Mark. And I just, I admire you and appreciate the work that you are doing for the kingdom. It's beautiful. Well, I, I'm really grateful for this season of life where uh, you get to take all your life experiences now and yeah. pour them into pastors and leaders across the country. This, this is a really important time and season for that too. 
It is. And so we have been talking, uh, kind of reflecting on a talk that you gave at our Etch conference recently. And uh, listeners, if you want to find the digital archives from that conference, you can find that at etchconference.com, where Mark presented from our main stage. And he talked about this idea of uh, of the process that we need to go through as leaders uh, for such a time as this, of being ready, of resetting our thinking uh, so we can go for ministry and go all out and go all in. We've talked about the concepts of being ready and resetting in a previous episode that we told you about to, to go and find. And today we want to talk about the go. And so the go, Mark, you have, you've talked about the importance of kids ministry in light of, uh, of what's happening in the world in the culture and in the church right now. So why don't you take us there? Talk to us about this, this need we have and, and how we might go about going out. Well, one thing I was just say is that we're really in a unique time uh, because of the COVID experience, and uh, so many people mm-hmm. have being so separated uh, for so long, uh, and so that that's presenting its own set of problems um, in terms of mm-hmm. uh, people wanting and needing to make these kind of personal connections. But the other thing that uh, we've seen in the new some of the newest data is that. Uh, there is in some ways uh, a falling away from the church. Um, So in a Gallup poll this past uh, spring, uh, it said for the first time in American history, uh, the number of people who claim church membership in the United States is lower than 50%. That's the first time in U.S. history. And so uh, Mm -hmm. this means that our task is even more important in these days. Uh, I don't think that that we ought to give up on this task. I I think like Jesus said, he said, the fields are ready for the harvest and and we've got to get the the laborers right in there. And so uh, parents uh, and and youth workers, you are our frontline workers. You all are doing some yes. of the most important tasks of anybody because you are not building the next generation. You are building this generation of leaders right yes. now. Yes. It's such an important job we have before us. Uh, and, and a lot of us in ministry right now are, are shorthanded. We, uh, there are people who we had serving on our teams who throughout the COVID season have dropped off. That may be because they have health concerns that are really valid. It may be because they've taken on other tasks or other working in other areas, or it could be that they've just moved along. But at any rate, the, the job has not stopped. The, there's urgency around the gospel is what I like to say. We, we need to make sure that we are pouring everything we have to reach and teach kids and to point them to Jesus. And it's not an easy job, but it's an important one that we need to lean into. Right. So the, the research says that uh, parents are the biggest influencers on their kids until they get to around age 15. And then different parts Mm -hmm. of the society and culture begin to become the most influential. So so that means that uh, we ought to strike while the fire is hot, Uh, while you can have this kind of maximum uh, influence in the life of your kids. And then uh, there was also a survey taken uh, that asked people uh, who were older, who helped you to come to Christ? 
And mm. and on that list, they said check everybody that that counted. So they had parents, they had other family members, church ministry leaders, head pastor, mm-hmm. Christian friends, websites, movies, all kinds of stuff were on there. But yeah. the vast majority of them checked parents as one of the great mm. influencers that helped them to come to faith. So, so your your task is a vital importance, and and it really is working. So sometimes, you know, we think our kids. I've, I've got kids of my own, and I know sometimes you think you're talking to a, a wall, and that they're and you, yes. sometimes you think they're not listening, uh, but they are listening. They are <laughs> absorbing all of these things. They're taking in more than we ever realize, and so what we do really is important and impactful. And that's true from even at the youngest age. We we talked last time about just how when kids are even younger than five, that they can absorb way more than we give them credit for. You just shared from your own testimony at the age of five, you had a wisdom from the Lord that is remarkable about the scenario that you were in with your father's death. As a five-year-old, my goodness, it, it's, it reinforces to me just how important it is that we not hold back speaking the truth of God's word over even the littlest ones and how important our example of how we live is to them. It's not just what we preach and teach, although that's extremely important. It's what they see every single day in the lives of their parents as we live uh, faithfully. It's I've heard, uh, I don't even know who said it, but a little phrase that I've picked up on that I tucked away somewhere that I like to bring back is is we think that the mission is to be successful, but the reality is the mission is to be faithful. And when we are faithful, the success will come as a result. If we try to be successful, we may not always be faithful, but our goal should be faithfulness, not necessarily success. Absolutely. absolutely. And and it really does pay off. Um, you know, and so I've had some conversations with my adult kids now. So now uh, I have a blended family of four, uh, two millennials and two Gen Zs. And, and okay, they're okay. different as nine a day. So... <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but you know I talk to them and and they will talk about things from their early childhood that mm. were impactful in their lives, both positively and negatively. And so mm. so as a parent, you know I'm I'm thinking that some of those things weren't really going to be that impactful. But as I talk to right. them as young adults now, and they reflect backwards. Um, they're, they're letting me know, Hey, that really made an impact on my life. This was really important in, in my faith development and, and who I am right now. Mm. And so that importance of that daily faithfulness, but within the family is so important, you know? So we, as, as ministry leaders, especially kids and student ministry leaders, we can think, uh, at, at the beginning, when we first come into this kind of ministry, that our, our job is to minister to kids. And the truth is, it really is to influence the whole family. And so the time that we can spend getting to know parents and encouraging parents and coaching parents and equipping parents is so valuable because really it's that day to day. You mentioned Deuteronomy 6, I think the last time that we were mm-hmm. together. It's that, it's that when they sit down and when they rise up and as they walk along the road, we don't get to do that with kids as ministry leaders. We get them for an hour a week or maybe two or maybe three. 
it's mom and dad, it's grandma and grandpa, it's whoever that caregiver is in the home who they are, they're walking with them every day. The kids hear what we say, but they watch how, how they live and how we live. And if those two things don't line up, there's a, there's a miss, there's a, a conflict that kids see and kids see right through that. They see the authenticity. And so it's so important that we live out what we say. So in the book of uh, Genesis, it talks about Abraham and Isaac. And, and, and so it talks about in, in particular, the scene where, uh, Abraham is about to sacrifice his son, Isaac on the altar. Now I can remember as a yeah. little child, uh, back in those days, you got, you got the, a little card in the beginner's class. It had a picture on one side and then it had some words on the other side. I don't know if uh, some of the listeners are old enough to remember the little card that you got in Sunday school. Anyways, <laughs> and we still have those that go along with some of our kids' curriculum. We've the Gospel Project has cards like that. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And, yes. and the problem I have was that on the on the side with Isaac and Abraham, Isaac was always very passively laying there on the altar, and and I just think that that messes us up in terms of our view of what it means to be good parents and to raise our children. Mm. I imagine this is my this is my scenario that I believe <laughs> that uh, Abraham had to hog tie and wrestle Isaac to the <laughs> ground in order to get him mm. on that altar and that Isaac was on the altar kicking and screaming because he didn't want to be there. Mm. So, and, and I yeah. say that because often there are going to be times when our kids don't see the value of participating mm. in church activities or reading their Bible or daily prayer and mm -hmm. all those kind of things. And so the good parent will kind of push in even when the kids don't see the value themselves. So my mm -hmm. job as a parent is to be able to see down life's road a little farther than my kids can see. And even though you don't see why mm -hmm. this is good for you, I know this is good for you. And so we're going to press in on these things that are good for you anyway. It's just like medicine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's very, very, uh, very, uh, f few times when medicine tastes good or feels good. Come on. Right. So usually right. it tastes right. terrible and feels even worse, right? My grandmother made us take uh, cod liver oil on a tablespoon Ooh, yeah. every Sunday morning, right? Oh, it's <gasps> one of those terrible memories I have from growing up. And I can be going through church and you, you kind of belch it up, cod liver oil. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, <laughs> she did it not because it was good to me. She gave it to me because she knew it was good for me. Huh? For you. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's the truth with mm -hmm. raising our kids and pressing in with the gospel, uh, even when they don't see it or appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We and we live in a culture that is built around instant gratification. We we go through last night we were coming home as a family from an event that we were at and it was late and everybody was hungry in the car. And so we, we decided to hit Taco Bell and I pulled into this one Taco Bell and my my 15 year old son said, oh, dad, not no, not this one. This is this one is they're slow. They always get the order wrong. It takes forever. I'm like, it's it, it, you know, I mean, three minutes to get your taco 
feels slow to us. And so, I mean, it was fine, but we live in a culture where we want what we want and we want it now and we want it to taste good and feel good and be right and be customized to our preferences, not the way that that somebody else gives it to us. And so as parents, we can be so easily conditioned in ministry leaders to just give kids what they want rather than what they need. And so we need to have a longer lens a longer view on uh, we had talked last time about you train up a child in the way he should go so that when he's old, he doesn't depart. We're, we're not training good kids. We should be training godly adults. And so we, we need to make sure that we have our, our eyes set on the right prize. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you take a young guy like Timothy and Paul reminds him, says, uh, from a child, you have known the scriptures. It said this was in your mm. mother and your grandmother. And now I'm persuaded yes. you also. And so it, all of those efforts really do make a big difference. And God is working out his plan for our kids. We, like I said, you know, we sometimes worry that we're not going to, that we're going to mess them up, right? Or that we're, we're depriving them or spoiling them one way or the other, that we're doing something wrong. The truth is they belong to him. And so when we walk faithfully and whether it's by kicking and screaming or otherwise, we, we get them in, into God's word and connect them with his people uh, who will be people of influence. Like you had mentioned, it's so important that that, that, that mom and dad or whoever that caregiver is uh, live a, a faithful uh, faith in front of their kids, but also to connect them to other adults, because sometimes you just can't hear something mm-hmm. at home. Like you can when your friend's mm-hmm. parent says it or when some other adult leader says it, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes what they say just reaffirms what you, what they have already heard and known. And uh, so all of that, all of that works together. And there's wisdom in the council mm-hmm. of many, right? When we have the, have faithful people who are saying the same thing, kids will hear it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the task is, uh, you know, before us, uh, it is uh, we only get one chance to do this, right? You know, we wish there could be a redo. Redo was not in that list. It was ready, reset, mm-hmm. and go. There was no redo because they're going to be one one year old for one year of their life. And they're going to be five years old for one year of their life and 10 years old for one mm. year of your life. And we don't get a chance to kind of go back and say, all right, all right, all right. We didn't do this. So let's go back to the beginning and start again. No, whatever, whatever is mm. will is already planted in them. So let's make sure we plant mm. the right things at the right time, uh, the right way so that they can be successful. And there's no, that is such a good word. And there is no time better than right now, because we, we realize if nothing else coming through COVID and the impact that we've seen there, there are people that we all know who are no longer with us, this side of eternity because of this, this, uh, disease, this, this, uh, this attack that has happened on, on our people. And and so we, we need to be even more aware than ever that there's urgency around the gospel. We don't have time to waste. There's not a minute to waste or a moment to miss. So we, I think of Ephesians uh, five, you know, uh, make the most redeeming the time is what the King James says. We got to cash that time in for something. Let's redeem that time because the days are evil. And so we need to make sure that we are not, uh, not putting off uh, a message, the message of Jesus, of the gospel that kids need to hear at every age and, and, right uh, now. Ecclesiastes reminds us, chapter three, that there's a season for everything. 
And so often we are mm. uh, in American culture so uh, driven to be successful. And so, uh, mm-hmm. but we're driven to be successful on our jobs and careers and our finances more right. than we're driven to be successful in terms of this nurturing and parenting area. And so uh, I, I think mm-hmm. that in my own life, uh, so my current job causes me to travel a lot and be away from my kids and home a lot. But mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have taken this job while my kids were in these early formative years. Why? Because I, I knew that my time right. with them was important for that season, right? Yes. And yes. Fleeting. Now that they're yeah, grown, right. uh, that season is over. I can move into a new season of my own. And so do the right thing in the right season. Mm. Mm. Mark Croston, thank you so much for being with us again today. We so appreciate your words of wisdom, your your uh, experience in ministry and your heart for the gospel. Thank right. you for thank sharing you with so us. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. I enjoy it. Listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Listen, we we want every episode of the podcast to encourage you, to inspire you, and really to provoke you to press in uh, to to minister well right now for such a time as this with the kids and the families that the Lord has placed right in front of you on your path right now. And so be encouraged, uh, take action. There's, there is no other time. There's no redo. Like Mark said, it's time to be ready to reset and to go and put the go in gospel. The great co-mission is a great go mission. And so we need to be always going. So thank you for what you do. Know that we love you. Look for more episodes of the podcast at kidsministry101.com. Like and follow Lifeway Kids on Facebook so you can get our blog posts pushed to your feed. And, uh, and as always, our prayers are for you as you lead your ministry that God would fill you and pour you out where you are. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back again next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.